I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Tired Mummy Podcast a safe platform where we can openly discuss the highs and lows of parenthood, judgment-free. Join me in authentic conversations with mums and dads from across the globe. Let's help each other feel less alone, let's grow and feel better in our parenting skin together. Come join our tribe while we get into some real talk. And don't forget, bring your coffee. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to my little podcast, The Tired Mummy. Today's episode is very special to me. I'm interviewing two ladies who have completely changed my life. Without them, I wouldn't be the ever-evolving, ever-growing, aware parent I am today. The knowledge and wisdom I've gained from these women is absolutely immeasurable, and I will be forever grateful. So who are these magic women I'm talking about? (laughs) Well, they are Lael Stone and Marion Rose. They both host the Aware Parenting Podcast, which is such a valuable tool for parents. Lael Stone is a speaker, author, educator, and creator. Lael speaks for the heart of the child. Whether it's supporting parents to understand their children, helping adults process their own childhood trauma, or creating educational systems that value emotional awareness. Marion Rose PhD is a psycho-spiritual mentor, level two aware parenting instructor and creator of the Marion method for psycho-spiritual development, parenting and entrepreneurship. Marion is passionate about decolonizing our psyches and reclaiming indigenous ways of knowing and being. That is just a little bit about these two epic human beings. At the end of the show, I will direct you where you can find them so you can learn truly what they have to offer. Well, welcome to the podcast, 
Lael and Marion, I am beyond excited and grateful to have you on the show today. I always kick the show off with the same question because I find it so very interesting. So could you please tell me what's one piece of parenting advice you wish that you'd never listened to? Uh, shall I go first, Marion? <laughs> um, this is, it's a really good question and, and in ref- on ref- upon reflecting on it, I don't think for me there was a, a piece of advice. I think it was more of this this general this is what a successful mother would look like and that is making sure your children are in you know beautiful clothes and they're eating you know all organic food and they do their piano lessons and they go to soccer practice and they it, it was more this this essence of um this is what it would look like and then you would be successful successful as a parent and then your children will be fine and successful i think when i first became a mum that was what I took on board of, oh my God, that's what I have to achieve or that's what it is. And um, I learned pretty soon that that was just not, um, it was, wasn't ideal and it wasn't really accessible. And actually that is not what my children needed at all. So I think for me, there was more of just this collective, not so much a piece of advice. It was this collective, this is what it should look like. And this is, means that you're a successful mother and you'll have fabulous, successful kids. But um, yeah, that, that I think, you know, I tried very, very hard for a while and then then that kind of all blew up. So that's, I guess, that's where I was. Yeah. Mm, that mother myth. Mm-hmm. What about you, Marion? Do you have anything? Yeah, and for me, well, no, similarly not. I was, I was um, just, you know, digging into my brain. <laughs> because I found out about aware parenting whilst I was pregnant, so it, it already resonated with me. So there wasn't anything ever that Alita said or aware parenting said that that I wished I hadn't listened to. And I think it was kind of a similar quality to what Lael's saying really is that um, it was more about how my own conditioning was leading me to think there was such a thing as a perfect mum or I would do any kind of style of parenting, in this case, of parenting perfectly. So I think for me, the journey was much more about really learning deep self-compassion on the journey. But yeah, but it wasn't that I was told to be perfect but I think in the culture that we are told that there is such a thing as being a perfect parent or a perfect mother so that was that's the thing I um I'm glad I let go of fairly early on (laughs) now for those who may have never heard of aware parenting can you give us a quick snapshot of what it is Mm, I'm happy to do that so yeah I'd really love to acknowledge Aletha Salter she so she's the founder of Aware Parenting, the Aware Parenting Institute. And it's really basically three core things. So the first thing is attachment style parenting. So it's really understanding that babies and children have a foundational need for uh, for attachment, for closeness, for prompts, responding, for attunement. Now that's a really core need for all babies and children. The second thing is non-punitive discipline. So it's really a style of parenting that it, there's not um, shaming or punishment or rewards, but really understanding the cause of children, children's behaviour or babies' behaviour, and really, in Lael's words, to look underneath the behaviour to the cause. So we're really looking for the underlying needs and the underlying unexpressed feelings that actually cause behaviour. And then the third thing is, which really relates to that, is understanding the impacts of stress and trauma. And that all babies and all children experience stress and most experience trauma of some kind or another. And that has a whole um, 
impact on them. They have big feelings in relation to that. And in fact, then that most of the things that we find challenging as parents are actually caused by those unexpressed feelings. So it's those three things in combination. Mm, it's a lot. It's, it is a lot. But also there's something quite simple about it. I always think it's like really complex and nuanced in practice, but there's also something really simple when you really get it to actually understand always like where a child or a baby's doing something is really looking, what are they needing? What are they feeling? And often it's actually quite simple. So there's this kind of complex and nuancedness as well as this simplicity to it. That's actually, once you really get the theory, it's really simple. Mm, I, I'm, my son's only 20 months, 21 months old. So I'm very new to parenting in general, (laughs) but also aware parenting. And I do think it, once it clicks, it is very simple, like you just said. Um, now, I could probably talk to you guys for hours on a number of topics, but today I thought we could touch on how we can stay calm as a parent, children's big feelings and self-compassion. So firstly, I wanted to ask, can you please explain to us why our children's emotions can be different to adults and why our inner child work is so vital uh, I can I can speak a little bit to that I wouldn't say necessarily that our children's feelings are any different to ours I would just say that children are we're all humans and we all have feelings and we all have needs and uh, it's so normal for an adult to get angry or upset around something that's gone on and equally it is so normal for a child to as well except I think what happens in our culture is we expect children to have far more emotional intelligence and um, the ability to speak how they feel even more so than what we do as adults. So I often talk about that our expectations of children's behaviour is far greater than how we behave most of the time as adults. And so, you know, I think we can reframe it to that um, it is so normal for children to feel angry, feel sad, feel happy, feel joy, feel jealous, feel frustrated, all the feelings. Like we we all have these feelings, but I think we have grown up in a culture that has, has taught us that only the feelings that we deem as positive are okay, which is happiness and joy and, you know, passion and celebration, yet sadness and fear and anger and all those kind of things, you know, we have to move past them quickly or we have to distract ourselves into feeling good again. So I think it's really important that we we know that children are humans, even babies as well, exactly like us, and we all have big feelings that um, that are there to be expressed. And the beautiful thing is, is when we give them space to be expressed and, and particularly children, when we can express them with a safe, loving adult nearby, then we feel the feelings, we let them go, and then we're able to move on. Whereas when we don't give them room to be expressed or heard, then we have to find something to do with those feelings. And that's when we learn to kind of push them down and suppress those feelings, or it can be turned into aggression. We can see more aggressive behaviours towards others, to themselves. So it's so vital as humans that 
that we, I think, all have safe space to learn how to express our, our big feelings and emotions. What was the second part of that question you said? What was the first oh, can I Can I actually yeah, add right. to that whilst you're still on that topic, Lel? Is mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's, so what I would love to add as well is I think that's one thing that is different about aware parenting to, compared to many other parenting paradigms who do tend to see that perhaps there is a difference between children's feelings and adults' feelings, whereas in aware parenting we would say actually in a way rather than trying to get children to be more like us which is you know to have <laughs> to express less big feelings is actually that we can learn from them to actually get back in contact with our natural and normal healthy expression of our feelings and basically because most of us grew up in a culture where our feelings weren't welcomed in all the ways that Lael said we've learned to suppress them so most of us do all kinds of things to suppress those feelings which seems like we don't have big feelings and often that's why when we become parents those feelings start to bubble up we might start suddenly feeling huge powerlessness or outrage or grief and be really surprised where all these feelings come from they've always been there they've just been sitting there sometimes for for decades to be felt and expressed so for for us that would be the difference that we are uh, actually very much like children in terms of feelings but actually we've just learned to suppress them a lot better and rather than thinking in many other paradigms it's seen as like you know hurry up hurry up let's get children to basically be better at suppressing their feelings and aware parenting we're much more how can we be more like children again and express our feelings in really healthy normal natural ways and to actually get support to do that so we don't have all these um either ways that we suppress feelings through you know alcohol or chocolate or scrolling instagram or whatever it is and that we don't also you know build up stress in our bodies and have all these kind of physical symptoms that that accumulated feelings lead to so for me I, I think that's such a core difference with aware parenting that it's like children adults we're actually very similar in, so in most ways around feelings mm, that's a really good way to look at it um with so that's that was the second part of my question is um why is it so important to do our inner child work as adults and that's to help our children right yeah, absolutely. I, I think it, as Marion so beautifully um, spoke about then, is that when we don't, when we become parents, I think, you know, as as what Marion just mentioned, for most of us, we grew up in environments where we were taught that feelings weren't okay. So we we learned to cope with, with not feeling and we suppress or, you know, we do stuff to, to numb ourselves. And then when we become parents, we have these beautiful little people who are like these gorgeous golden mirrors in front of us, reflecting back all our stuff that is perhaps sitting there. And, you know, as anyone who's a parent will know, the feelings of powerlessness that can come from being a parent are huge because basically this little person sometimes doesn't do what we want them to do. And so because they're not doing what we want them to do or they're not sleeping when we want them to sleep or they're not eating when we want them to eat or all the basic things that, you know, children do, which is very, very normal, it taps us into a lot of those deeper feelings of powerlessness or rage or anger or or even just feelings that we have suppressed from childhood around not being able to say how we feel or not being able to express our anger or hurt or not being able to, to feel the pain or worry that we're feeling. And when we have these beautiful little children, it's like it opens up something within us and a lot of those feelings start to come out. And 
And I know parents don't want to do this, but often where they project those feelings are then onto their children. And so that's why we might yell at our kids. It's why we want to control what they're doing. It's why we often feel frustrated or frantic or completely stressed in parenting because a lot of those feelings that that we have carried is still sitting there and then come out projected onto our children or our partners or the ones we love. And not only that, you know, I think that each generation we have the the opportunity to heal our stories and heal our past. And when we don't necessarily lean in and look at that work or all the stories that are sitting there, then we often subconsciously just pass them on to our children and they continue those same patterns that um, that we've carried. And so I think it's it's just one of the most powerful things we can do as a parent is to understand your own story, is to do your own healing work, is to look back into your past and those places where perhaps you didn't get your needs met or, or you know, where there were big feelings. And the more that we can do the work on listening and healing those places, the less our children have to carry forward. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. I add one little thing on there as well to that as well that, that I find really helpful to remember that sometimes when we're saying things like he never listens to me, you know, if you're asking your child over and over again to, I don't know, whatever it is, come to the dinner table or brush their teeth or whatever it is, and they're not, they're not doing what we want. So often we may find ourselves saying things like, they, you know, they never listen to me or they never do what I ask or those kinds of things and actually so often those are feelings that we've experienced as little people and in that moment they become like our mum or our dad or our teacher or our sibling and the feelings that we feel in those moments are actually feelings from the past not about the present which is why they're usually so big and overwhelming and that's often the way we can tell that feelings are from the past is when they are so uh, apparently out of proportion to the situation, which is the same for our children, you know, and having a really big response to a really small thing, it means there are old feelings bubbling up to be heard. Mm. So the more we understand um, what's actually happening in the in the moment, the less likely we are to, to actually believe that it's actually our child that is, um, in inverted commas, causing those feelings and actually it's our own past and our own hurts that are causing them. And that just, that understanding in itself in any moment can help us go, oh, okay, <laughs> it's not about them. This is actually mine. So, yeah, wanted to mm, add that. Beautiful. So, so beautiful. I wanted to ask what can cause our children to have such big feelings and how can we respond helpfully to them? Oh, there are a bazillion things that cause big feelings for children. So for babies, it's, you know, even right back to their time in the womb, like how we feel as, as mothers, uh, that affects them. Their birth has a massive impact on them. That the early days, you know, for babies, they're so easily overwhelmed. So even just, you know, having some people over is a big overwhelming thing for babies. Um, uh, you know, when we're stressed, uh, that affects them, loud noises. Um, and then for children, it's things like new events, uh, just, you know, going to school, going out in a busy shopping centre, um going to the dentist you know just all about anything and everything even going on holiday even a party no on a big party it's lovely At the end of the day the two-year-old ends up having the big tantrum so it's really normal and natural for children to feel big feelings in response to so many things that we just often don't realize so they're really normal and natural um all their unmet needs all the things that are overwhelming all the things that are scary all of those things basically mean that it's so normal and natural for babies and children to have uncomfortable feelings every day, even if we do everything we can to be 
calm and relaxed, you know, all the things we're aiming to do, we cannot protect our children from feeling uncomfortable feelings. It's absolutely impossible. So the more we understand that we can actually listen to those feelings, we can help them express those feelings so that they get to be released and leave their bodies, the more relaxed we can feel rather than, oh my gosh, I'm going to try and make sure they never experience anything stressful. We can go, okay, they are going to experience stresses. We are going to get frustrated at times. They are going to be in busy and scary and unusual environments, but we can help them. We can listen to the feelings and they can heal from those experiences. And I would love to add to that, Marion, that, you know, so often I think as parents, we want to know why. Why are you upset? What's what's wrong? What's what's happened? And I think it's often us, our adult brains, wanting to understand, well, what's the reason? If I fix it, then it'll make it okay. Whereas I think where parenting looks at it a different lens, which is not, we don't need to know necessarily the why. We just need to see what's in front of us, which is, you know, as we say, a three-year-old who's just throwing their cup on the ground because it's not the right colour of pink. And and so even though we might be like, wow, I'll just get you another one that's pink or pinker or something, right? It's not necessarily going to stop the feelings that are there because it is often not about the colour of the cup or how much ice cream their brother got. As, as we've talked about here, it's often accumulation of other feelings from the past or stresses or all those kind of things. And so I think as adults, we can often get caught into the why and if I just fix this why, then it'll be okay. And I think it's really important to have a lot of compassion for ourselves in those moments because for many of us because we didn't grow up in environments where it was safe to express our feelings when our kids do have big explosions and and um, you know big tears or anger it can feel so deeply confronting to us that we want to do everything we can to stop it and so I think that's why as adults we often move into a fix mode really quickly how do I fix this how do I stop these big feelings because it feels actually very uncomfortable for me I don't know what to do with it whereas really if we can just take a deep breath and look behind the behavior and go wow there's something going on here you know my child is clearly telling me that there's something brewing for them and my job in that moment is just to bring safety and presence to allow those big feelings to be heard and then they move and I'm sure many parents have experienced that when your child has had a really beautiful big meltdown because of the run colored cup or the biscuit or the ice cream or whatever it is when they've had the opportunity then to express those big beautiful feelings they'll often come back into balance and then they'll it'll be like nothing's ever happened and then they just move on happily playing and you're usually left sitting there going whoa what just happened then and your child is in this beautiful natural relaxed state again because their body's done what it's designed to do which is to find its way back into that balance into that center spot so that they can actually then continue on so they're doing exactly what they're the natural healing mechanisms that we are that we have designed within us to do yet as adults we can we can often judge it or we think it's wrong or we need to fix it whereas if we can lean in and create the space for it then our child or our beautiful children know what they need to do to find their way back into balance to feel good again Mm, I'll never forget the first time my son had a massive tantrum but I was I was there to listen I was the first time because I was that mum when my son was born, I had this like bodily reaction to stop him from crying. Like he just, I just had to stop it. It was like a, my body was like, I, I can't let this child cry. <laughs> and then when I, when I was introduced to you guys, I was like, oh, it was like a light bulb moment. And I even have a video that makes me quite sad 
I'm like filming him. He's really little and he's crying. And I say to him, don't cry. And I look back at that now and I'm like, oh, that's not right. (laughs) And the first time he had, and I love that you use the word beautiful because as uncomfortable as it was to witness him go through the anger that he was experiencing, like I'd never I'd never like experienced watching someone do that. Like he was literally trying to get it out of his body. Mm. Like he said, when it was over, he just became like this calm being and he like played independently and it was just like magic. (laughs) I was like, it was really beautiful to witness. And I love that you used the word beautiful because I think sometimes tantrums are given this like shame and like it's not a good thing. I just also, I mean, Marion and I love to stress this point again, that when we're talking about listening to feelings, it is always in the presence of a loving adult. So we're never leaving a child or a baby alone to cry. Mm. It is always with presence and reverence and sometimes it's holding them in, in their arms, sometimes it's just sitting beside them, but it's bringing your presence and attention to those big feelings. And I love to think about it this way, that when we do that for a child or a baby, you know, what the baby or the child receives in those moments is what I call an imprint or a belief system that says it's safe for me to feel these big feelings Mm -hmm. and the person that loves me is okay with it and is right here beside me loving these parts of me so that they, the children don't grow up with, you know, conditional love, which means, you know, you love me when you're good, but not when, you know, you consider me bad or doing things that are unfavorable. So when we are able to bring presence to these big feelings and emotions, the message that we're sending our children is, I see and love and accept all of you. All of you is welcome here. And when we are able to do that, it it sets up a beautiful, um, you know, story within the child that says, well, all of me is welcome and it is safe for me to feel these feelings. And then that allows then these beautiful children to grow up, to become adults that know that feelings are meant to be felt and it's safe to feel them. And not only that, allows them to then have this beautiful embodied empathy that they can then bring to others when they are also upset because they know what that feels like being on the receiving end of it. Mm, So beautiful. And I, yeah, it's big work because I know with me, with the rage I've experienced in motherhood, which completely surprised me, I did not feel safe feeling those feelings whatsoever. It scared me. So I know that by doing this work and making my son feel safe to feel whatever he feels, he's not going to feel like that when he grows up. Mm, so. Such an incredible gift, isn't it, to give to our children? And do you know, I, as well, when you were sharing that that first time that you really listened to his feelings, and he came out the other side, and he was so relaxed. I think that's the other thing that is such an incredible gift that aware parenting gives to actually see children much more clearly I think in our culture we tend to just think children are antsy and agitated, and they wake up all the time, and they hit and they bite, and they do all these things, whereas what we really clearly see from an aware parenting perspective, that all of those things like frequent night waking, not being able to go to sleep, waking up early, hitting and biting and throwing and pushing and taking, um, you know, all of those behaviours are actually caused by accumulated and unexpressed feelings. So when we think that this is our child or this, you know, that's how children are, rather than seeing that those are simply signs of unexpressed feelings, we can actually see children clearly again, and I think there's a way that then we just 
we find this deep unconditional love to see that children actually don't want to behave in any of those ways. They're just, um, you know, communicating to us that they've got painful accumulated feelings. So not only do they have this sense of uh, deep acceptance of their feelings, but increasingly they feel more and more relaxed in their bodies. So they can sleep peacefully and they, they are naturally gentle and all the things we want them to be without ever needing to, you know, try to train them or try to tell them, but actually naturally that, that you know, the more they express feelings, the more relaxed they feel. They, they then do all the things that we want them to do. Again, so it comes back to what you were saying about that simplicity. There's something really simple about knowing the larger the percentage of our child's feelings we can listen to, the more they are a calm and relaxed, connected uh, and child, which is, you know, it makes a profound difference to how they feel in their bodies. But also it makes being a parent so much more enjoyable because it's so much more wonderful to be around a child who's calm and relaxed most of the time rather than the child who's constantly antsy and edgy because they're trying to express these feelings that we are, unfortunately, because of our conditioning, doing everything we can to suppress. So it's just it's so life-changing, isn't it? Oh, it's so life-changing. You know, I still catch myself some days trying to make him happy. <laughs> like, you know, everything you do, it's just not cutting it. And I'm like, okay, there's there's something that needs, feelings need to come out here. It's just inevitable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and again, to really acknowledge in a web parenting, we're, we're always looking at, is this a need or, or are these feelings expressed here? So we're not just going, oh, they just need to cry. I mean, of course we're doing what we can, but if what we can usually do is we can we can try one or two things and, you know, if they're like, but I want that, you know, I want the pink cup or, you know, I don't, don't like the food like that. We, you know, we can try again with something else. But if they're still, if nothing we do is helping them feel calmer and more relaxed, that tells us it's not about the thing. It's actually they're trying to let the feelings out and they're just trying to locate those feelings on anything like we do. You know, at the end of a big day, if you maybe have a partner and they come home and they maybe just do one thing, we might just explode. It's just, you know, we have that one thing that we can you know we can load all the feelings onto that thing but it's not about that thing that's just the tiny thing that helped us express the feelings I think what's important too is what Lau said before is to not worry about the why because sometimes I get stuck in that like because I just want to fix everything all the time that's just one of the things I need to work on and I all I obsess with the why but I think it's in, I think it's really good that you brought that up to just not worry about the why and just focus on the feelings and listening and doing what you can for your child because it could literally be something like you said it could they could still be letting out feelings from a birth trauma from in the womb and I I'm a big believer in generational trauma like I know through my work that I have things that are not mine I'm like that didn't happen in my experience and I know that happened to my mum so she's given that to me so yeah, I think it's important to remember that, not remember the why and just, yeah, just really, it's just the whole thing has really given me new eyes as a parent and I'm so grateful that I found it now and not later, but it's never too late to to start listening to your child's feelings. Never, ever too late. It doesn't matter if you have teenagers, it's, it's never too late. I think as humans we all... We have this deep need to be seen and to be heard. And so it's never, ever too late to begin. Mm, So beautiful. I think that's an important message to anyone out there who, you know, might 
have a few light bulbs going off right now. Um, now, as much as I would love to be a perfect mum, I know that's unrealistic and I know I'm not going to get it right all the time. How can we implement self-compassion for ourselves and our children and what does that look like? Oh, Marion, you should speak to this because this is your magic genius. Go. (laughs) Uh, What I love to remember is that all that thing about being perfect and getting it right all the time, that is all part of the cultural conditioning. So, you know, in terms of it's always remembering that we're aiming to do the same for ourselves as we do for our children. So as well as aiming to not punish them or to not expect that they, that, you know, that they always know everything straight away is to have that same, to, to actually increasingly look at what we're doing and what we're saying to our child and internalizing that for ourselves. So what I find really helpful is um, this isn't aware parenting, but I talk about dropping the guilt sticks and noticing if you're ever telling yourself, you know, I should have done that or you're judging yourself, any kind of judgment, that is not you. That's all cultural conditioning. So the, the more and quickly that you free yourself from that, all of those guilt sticks and the shame sticks and the self-judgment sticks and just understand that it is normal and natural for all of us to have hard days, to have challenging days, to behave in ways that we don't want to as parents, just like our children do, because we have the same three reasons for uh, unenjoyable behavior. We we have unmet needs. We have a need for information. We have accumulated unexpressed feelings. So the more, again, we come back to, okay, wow, I just did that, that I wish I hadn't done. Oh gosh, I wish I'd known that back then that I didn't know is to see instead of judging ourselves, that's, that never helps anybody. It doesn't help our child to punish ourselves. What does help is actually to respond to ourselves the way that we would want to respond to our child or the way we'd respond to our bestie if they were just sharing that information. Because actually, you know, that often I find is the really helpful little thing uh, or a hack to go, if this was my child in this position and they'd just done what I'd done, how would I respond to them when I was in my most compassionate place? And then just increasingly over time, practice that. See if you can actually respond to yourself in that, that way, even if it's really unfamiliar to just to keep practicing. Mm, I really, really, really like that. <laughs> yep. Treat yourself the way you treat your child. Yeah. When you're bestie. Yeah. When, you, when you're like, you know, you've, you've had enough sleep and you've had enough food and you're just feeling loving. When you love your child unconditionally, how you would respond to them, just go a little bit of a 180 degrees and go, okay, I'm going to respond like that to myself. It's a great, a great little hack to remember. (laughs) That's so beautiful. Wow. So much goodness in this conversation. (laughs) Um, That is all my questions for today. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me and for having these conversations. Thank you for all that you do, both of you. I'm truly, deeply grateful I cannot wait to get this conversation into parents' ears. Thank you for having us. And I think it's, you know, I I love, you know, that you have a little person and that you're doing this work now. You know, I didn't come to where parenting until, you know, I'd had three kids and my oldest was eight. And I just, I find it so fantastic that that so many parents um, are doing this work and are leaning in and, and are changing these big stories from, you know, when their kids are little, it's just beautiful. So, you know, it's amazing what you're doing and just, you know, talking about this and getting it out there. It's, it's really, it's beautiful beautiful work it's really important 
I, I, I want to echo what Lau said, and I so appreciate all that you're doing with your podcast too and all that you're sharing. I think it's so vital that we increasingly just spread more and more compassionate ways of looking at babies and children, but also at parents as well, just deep compassion for how hard it is in this culture to parent in new ways. So just, yeah, thank you for all that you're doing. Well, 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 what an amazing conversation. I'm so, so happy that I can bring you this. Guys, these women have so much to offer and they do it with such love and compassion. If this episode resonated with you, please head over to their websites to truly see what they can offer you on your journey. You can find Lael at www.laelstone.com.au and on Instagram under Lailstone. You can find Marion at marionrose.net and on Instagram under underscore Marion underscore Rose underscore. And of course, you can find them both on Instagram under the Aware Parenting Podcast. Please do yourself a favor and check out all of their episodes. There is so much gold in every single one of them. As always, thank you so much for being here. I feel so grateful to be here sharing the work and stories of amazing human beings to help you on your ever-evolving journey as a parent. If any of the Tired Mummy podcast episodes resonated with you and you would like to support the Tired Mummy podcast, please head to patreon.com forward slash the Tired Mummy podcast or visit the link in the show notes. Your support helps me keep the podcast going. Thanks so much for your support and the love on every episode I produce. If you'd like to follow my journey, you can follow me over on Instagram under the Tired Mummy podcast. So much love to you all. Until next time, this Tired Mummy is signing out. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.